Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or whoever you identify. This is 40 and 20 Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Thanks for joining us on our inaugural episode, and we hope you enjoy the journey with us. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about us, who we are, and our journey into watches. Everett, you got me into this thing, into the watch journey. So why don't you uh, tell me a little bit about how you got there, your first watch, and uh, anything else you think's uh, think's relevant. Hey, Andrew. Hello. How you doing? Just, you know. I'm probably too far away from the microphone. Who knows? We'll see. This is the first one, so we'll just kind of feel it out from here. We're going to have some growing pains. So, yeah, I got into watches, I guess it's been uh, three or four years now. I've been really, I guess, collecting uh, got into watches. I don't even remember how I did it. It was, you know, I think we're both sort of internet people. Uh, you, you know, I, I'm always looking up new things and I like, um, you know, finding, finding new toys or new gadgets or gizmos or things to be into, uh, you know, to my wife's dismay. I always, I remember I was at work. I was working at a law firm in Portland at the time and, um, just found uh found some watches and I uh found the what I what I found was the Seiko SKX uh the famous sort of entry level diver I think is probably the first watch for you know some huge percentage of folks. probably half the people everyone else is an SNK <laughs> right yeah one one of those two it seems like uh and pretty quickly you know I I had never been on watch forums or or anything and I remember thinking at the time that there were just sort of a, a mind numbing amount of options um you, you know I, I'm pretty sure I don't remember because it's been long enough ago but I there was a discussion I'm pretty sure it was the discussion about the SKX uh 007k versus j um and now these are terms i'm really comfortable with and i and i know the controversy or the non non-controversy whatever it is but at the time i remember thinking gosh this is going to be really hard to know which one to get and and reading about it and having a lot of like trouble knowing which one to get <laughs> and, and then you know in that conversation finding people who were into to orient the orient mako you know i think that that becomes the first question for folks when they're buying a lot of folks when they're buying that first watch you know first question is which which new watch should i buy and the answer is skx or or mako um and i remember sort of encountering that and looking at the mako and thinking i don't know which one should i get and they're the same price and they're you know very similarly spec'd and I had the same internal monologue, and the only reason I went with the Mako is because you already had the SKX. <laughs> right. right. I, I think I was talking to someone about that the other day. So um, for me, at the end of the day, um, after much sort of hemming and hawing, I picked this watch up, and I, I'm pretty sure I ordered it on Amazon, and I ordered it on a bracelet, um, which I love, by the way. I think some people don't know, you know, whether or not they're going to like that bracelet, it's this cheap, jangly, uh, you know, I've got it right here. Uh, it's this cheap, jangly, kind of terrible bracelet, uh, hollow end lengths, um, you know, pin and collar, pin and collar links. Um, but at the end of the day, it winds up being insanely comfortable. I love the way it looks. I love the uh, contrast between brushed surfaces mm -hmm. and polished surfaces i mean the whole thing is just super duper cool so that was my first watch and, and that was my first watch journey i think it's probably uh the same or similar watch experience that you know 80 percent of folks that get into watches have you know and i don't remember what it cost but it was probably in the 180 to 220 range and at the you know at the time that seemed like really a significant amount of money to spend on a watch <laughs> at the time <laughs> <laughs> um and it is you know realistically it's not it's not a cheap watch um and, and i and i love it i mean i still have it uh, obviously we've got it here andrew's shaking it shaking it well i i know one of the things that i always i've always thought was funny about this bracelet is it seems so flimsy and you can you can feel that it's it's not a sturdy bracelet at all but it's 
insanely comfortable. I mean, the thing the thing flops over almost like it's a, like it's a NATO or something. Like it's just right. there's no structure to it, but it's just so comfortable. You know, it's funny. You see people. Um, I don't know. Maybe you don't see people, but you know, there's the the Rolex Jubilee bracelet stretch thing, and you see mm-hmm. every time someone sells a, a Datejust or something with a Jubilee, they hold uh, they hold the watch up so you can see how much bracelet stretch is. And when they do it, the bracelet supports itself, and you know it sags a little bit. And oh, that's some bracelet stretch. <laughs> this is—it's below. I mean, the, the, the links are, are below. I'm holding it sideways here, and the as as you hold it, hold it like vertically. The anybody the who, clasp is below it. I mean, it's it's such a flimsy, comfortable bracelet. Anybody who's got one knows it's there's no. There's no uh, sticking it straight out because it just it just falls straight over. So amazingly comfortable. It's like a pair of PJs. And, and you know the SKX. I'm still. If I had to go back and make that same decision today, I'd make the same decision over again. I love the case of the SKX. I love. I mean, really, I, I think it's some like crazy pinnacle of of watch design at that level. You know the the organic case. If you haven't, you know. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen uh, SKX before, take a look at one. I think that's probably no one that's listening to this episode. But I just love the way that 4 o'clock crown guard wraps into the case. I love the the really soft, um, you, you know, the, the, the way the edges all sort of round over into one another. And the it just looks sturdy and... Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I I really love it. I I mean, I would make the same decision again. Now, obviously, you you uh, have a Mako, and I've had an opportunity to to be hands on with that. Also, a fantastic watch, and I wouldn't be sad to have a Mako. Um, if I had gone back and ordered the other one, I think that would have been fine. But as it is, something about that brand Seiko's got this just really incredible brand. They've got this thing. Uh, that mm-hmm. I really like the the brand has this thing that I really like and, and you know there are other Japanese brands obviously Orient um, Citizen Miyota Casio these the you know the big right sort of four Japanese brands they they've got these things that I don't um, I don't find in or Seiko's got this thing that I don't find in these other brands this really mythical you know, subjective, intangible factor about Seiko that I just love. So, um, yeah, that was the start of it. I got that. I think I got an SNK. I found an SNK on Amazon. They, you know, when the SNKs dipped down to like 40 bucks, I was like, I'm buying that. So I picked up an SNK and then, you know, that was the beginning of it. That's been, it's been three or four years at this point. I bought, you know, one or two watches since then. One or two. (laughs) As have you. So I think really that's the that's the gist of it. I mean, if you're getting to know me and my watch journey, that's that's how it started. And I think if we're talking about buying watches, do you want to talk about the Emperor? Oh, real the, quick. the Emperor that you're wearing. Yeah, just get a little a little plug for the Emperor you got on. So, folks, those of you listening here, I I assume without knowing that that anybody who's not my mom, uh, who who is listening to this is going to see the post. I'm probably going to try to sneak on to watch you seek this week i don't know if it's allowed or not someone's gonna say you can't you can't advertise your own podcast but i it's safe to say neither andrew or i are gonna make money off of certainly not this <laughs> <No> episode <chance. laughs> um, but uh yeah so i'm in the i am participating in the watch you seek f f71 that's the affordables forum um but at the f71 2017 project watch and now it's uh you know we're we're knocking on 2019 so these project watches take a, a tremendous amount of time, but for those of you who don't know, you have the opportunity to sign up with uh, Watch You Seek every couple of years to to participate in a project watch, and and the folks who sign up get to participate in the decision making uh, process. So we, you know, you vote on band style and dial features, and uh, I participated in the 2017. I am participating in the 2017 project watch. It's the emperor diver it is a vintage style 40 millimeter diver the perfect dimensions for a watch i think andrew and i are sort of in agreement are 40 millimeters and 20 Mm -hmm. millimeters that's what this is 
40 millimeter diver, vintage sort of skin diver styling. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. They're, they're steel bezeled, 120 click unidirectional dive watches, screw drum crown, all, all the things right. that make a, a dive watch a dive watch. Um, I think probably at this point, more people have seen the HKED, uh, Ed, Hong Kong Ed, and, and EMG watches, the Nemo Diver, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I, I don't know the full story here. You'd have to ask Ed, but I'm pretty sure, um, when we were, when we were getting signups for the Emperor Diver, we just weren't, we didn't have the numbers we needed. And Ed, obviously, HKED. I think that's how you say it. I've never thought about it before. This I've moment. always said it like that. Uh, Hong Hakeed. Kong Ed, HKED, HKED. <laughs> yeah. The H is silent. And if you eventually listen to it, maybe just suit us a phonetic uh, pronunciation. I think what happened, though, is we didn't have enough numbers. And so Ed and EMG, I think Ed's a, a member of EMG. I don't know. EMG? I'm not sure. I think Ed's a member of EMG, but they designed the nemo diver which is also a skin diver retro 40 you know it's it's everything's the same the dial's different the bezel's different but at this point they did a, they've had a successful kickstarter i think they reached their goal this last week and it was a pretty low goal i think mm-hmm. ten thousand. i last i saw they were at 10 six um but they ended this week and i don't know if you can still order it or not but it's beautiful it's a beautiful watch um, really, really cool, really special. Um, but this is the 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 birth point of that. You know, the mm-hmm. Emperor Diver was was the watch that was there was here first, and and without that, you wouldn't have the Nemo. And uh, just super cool watch. I've had a prototype now for about a week, not mm-hmm. quite a week. It'll be a week. I'm supposed to send it somewhere tomorrow. Um, but I've been wearing it. I've been wearing it constantly. It is freaking amazing perfect so it's a um like i said 40 millimeter 20 millimeter beads of rice bracelet and this thing is nuts also super comfortable <laughs> feels like wearing super leather comfortable yeah it feels like wearing leather yeah i mean it, it, it really you, you know you said that earlier and i thought that's totally right uh super flexible I, i've i've sort of had mixed feelings about beads of rice bracelets in the past they have that real like sort of vintage charm but it's a vintage charm that i didn't particularly mm-hmm. ascribe to you know you see doxas or whatever on right on beads of rice bracelets and i thought well if i get a doxa maybe i'll get a beads of rice but outside of that i'm, I'm not feeling it um incredible in person there's nothing i don't like about it it looks good it feels amazing the watch size is really good it's this 40 millimeter um sizing and even on a dive watch i think people the common um the 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 common the the community sort of wants a diver to be a little bit bigger than 40 obviously you've got like the nth divers the nth subs those are all 40 millimeters wildly successful but the community at large i think wants its divers a little bit bigger i'm i'm on board 40 millimeters great size that's it yeah i don't know i love seeing it i was looking forward to seeing it all week it's awesome it's awesome it's it's everything i was hoping for are you gonna buy one I think so. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll be around. That's, You'll be able to pick that's, them up. That's another one of those conversations that's uh, that one's got to get taken home for. <laughs> commit to it. Got to talk to the. Got to talk to the wife. Exactly. I, I've got a friend. I've got a friend from work, and he's said he's going to buy one, but he was supposed to uh, PayPal me money last week. Oh, I couldn't figure out PayPal. I'll drop you off the check. I still haven't seen a check. So we'll figure out PayPal. I well, that's why I said who doesn't have PayPal in 2018? I mean, I don't have a PayPal, but I know how to use it. It's like Cash App, right? right. Or any of the other money. Tra- like you just find a dude's name. You know, I've been using PayPal for years, so I've got it like linked up to my bank account. I think it does an ACH transfer when you've got it actually connected to your bank account. But I'm pretty nice. sure you could like in 10 minutes sign up for PayPal, make a payment using a credit card in your pocket maybe maybe less than that you know so i don't know he's that's why i think maybe that's the point he's he wants to do it because he hasn't he hasn't asked his wife yet yeah (laughs) yeah so i guess uh what what about you andrew you've got uh, so obviously a little bit more recent watch story but uh I, i think similar in some ways what 
where are you coming well, from? Well, so my my watch journey began as I was entering adulthood. And I like one of the things that like I've always known is that the little details, like if you can get those right, right, that's a good beer. So we so Andrew is a, a beer salesman. He sells beer that yeah, for money. To Sorry the, to brag. To the world. Uh we're drinking this ten, uh, ten Barrel Brewing Company, their Crush Line. If you haven't tried it, it's phenomenal. I don't know where everybody is. I think you can get it just about anywhere now, right? I mean, I don't know. I've, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> so Ten Barrel's a company out of out of Bend, Oregon. They started really small, and then we actually went out last year and toured there two years ago. Shit, that's been a long time now. It was two years ago, yeah. So we went, and out. they've doubled in size since then. They uh, built this incredible facility in Bend. I mean, it's just, you'd, you'd look at it, it just looks like a huge warehouse. But inside is this, I don't know, 10 million, what did the guy say? $6 million robot, basically. Yeah, basically. Uh, that just bottles and... Anyway, they've, they've turned, they were this tiny little quaint Bend, Oregon yep. company making sick beers a few years ago. And now they're this mega Anheuser-Busch megalith. But they still make phenomenal beers. The Sour... Cucumber Crush, Cucumber Sour Crush, still probably to this day my favorite beer on the face of the earth. That whole Crush line is really good. I'm drinking the Raspberry right now, and it's it's also pretty killer. Thoughts? As you're stealing a... That's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're all good. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like the, uh, like uh, one of the the Monk beers, the... Kind of, yeah. Lambic. Yeah, that's sort of what it is. I mean, they're just... They're creek... Lambic Creek. Yeah, I mean they're sour mashed, sour. So they sour it in the in the brew kettle. They just like let it sit there, and so I've made some. I also brew beer, uh, and one of the uh, I've made a couple of these, and you just like you draw all the sugar out of the out of the grains in whatever you're mashing in, which is when you're basically steeping your grains to to pull the sugar out to ferment, and then you just wrap it in a blanket and keep it at a warm temperature for a couple of days and taste it every couple of days and. When it's as sour as you want, then you start working on it. And do you add bacteria to it, or is it like <laughs> it uh, just the bacteria is just like letting milk go bad? In it's your just fridge. the bacteria in the world, yeah, like a, like a sourdough fermentation or something. Yep, it just gets some funk that way. And it's the same flavor as a as a sourdough, right? The yeah, it's that same. Uh, I don't acid. Uh, what is the lactobacillus? Is what comes in like sour, like fermented. But I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I've I've heard people talk of lactobacillus. I've never brewed one like that. All my sours have been sour mashed. Andrew's also a beer scientist. Uh, anyway, so my my watch not my beer journey. My beer journey is slightly different and longer. But my watch journey started as I was like becoming a grown up. Always like in the small details are if you can get the small things right, the big things are going to follow. And I felt like going into job interviews and becoming a grown up, a watch was kind of critical to that. And I didn't know anything about watches uh and i was searching like doing the internet thing and just searching because i knew i needed a watch but i didn't know i I didn't know a timex from a citizen from a seiko like i just i just didn't so i started looking on it started looking digging 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 i wanted to find a watch that i could wear at a job interview at work doing stuff find a job or just find a watch that would like a look, like a everyday yeah look universally good yeah um which is harder and pretty hard to find uh, and i i had a friend who wore a citizen eco drive and i liked the way it looked i liked the solar power because one of the things that i'm terrible at is replacing watch batteries uh i have probably a dozen sport watches um that are just dead i mean all i need to do is buy a battery for it and it's good um, but i have probably a dozen of them like in various drawers around the house of just watches that need a battery so i knew (laughs) what i knew about me was that i needed a watch that i didn't have to replace a battery in because the moment that that watch battery died it was just that was gonna get thrown away so i started digging i started looking at citizen i liked the eco drive because i liked that it was solar powered uh and i started looking through their whole lineup i wanted a leather band i I wasn't a big fan of bracelets at the time and still i'm i'm not a huge fan of bracelets because i find that most of them are uncomfortable and I'm not a hairy guy, so when things pull my hair, like pull my arm hair, it's like mildly offensive to me because there's no reason for something to be pulling my minimal arm hair. So 
Uh, what I went to, what I eventually decided on, I tried on dozens of watches. I'd go to every department store and every everywhere I could find to just try on watches. And what I settled on was the Citizen, the Aviator watch. So let, let me let me stop you because you're going to about to talk about your watch. Spoiler alert, Citizen Aviator. But you still to this day don't like a bracelet? I like comfortable bracelets. Yeah, but what what's comfortable? Do you like what, what yeah, you the, wear? Yeah, the two bracelets that you're wearing, I like. The Mako bracelet pulls my arm here. It's a comfortable bracelet, but those two... On the Emperor and on the SKX feel like wearing leather, or they feel like wearing a NATO. They're comfortable. I haven't worn either of them long enough to have it pull my arm hair. And so you've got the Mako, not the Ray, so it's the, like, real traditional the three piece, yeah. oyster style. Yeah. Is it as actually three pieces, or is it a faux three piece? Uh, I didn't bring it. I think it's actually three pieces. No, I think it's a faux three piece, now that I'm thinking about it more. I've got the, you know, that Seiko, the BFK, I don't think that's its actual name. Um, but the the beat big freaking Seiko big freaking kinetic yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not it, it's an oyster style or maybe it's not an oyster style but it's that same three link but there's there's only two links and uh, I that bracelet I think is so fantastic but it's heavy and kind of clunky and it doesn't it, it's not super flexible um, yeah, there's no flex in the main bracelet. I don't bracelet. think I've ever owned a true oyster style bracelet. It's my, uh, well, my Sarb, I guess. As I sit here today, I don't know if it's three piece or not. So I wonder if there's something like the the more links, maybe more links across. You know, a Jubilee. Anybody who's who's listening will know a Jubilee is a five. Link. Right. You've got the two bigger and the three smaller, but. I've never, you know, I, I suspect I've got more hair on my wrist you definitely than do. you do. I've never I had just, the, I hear I, people say this all the time, or I read, I don't hear, because, you know, we live on the internet, and yeah. there's, I never hear anybody, right? I didn't realize I didn't know how to say HCAD until today. Today, so, <laughs> you know, there's all the, you know, it's funny listening, so, so. Yeah, I, I, I prefer NATOs, I prefer leather. Those bracelets are comfortable, but I, I. I can't even say they're growing on me. The comfortable ones I like, but I would rather be wearing leather. It's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, I because I'm almost entirely the opposite. I'm, I'm almost certainly a, brace, a bracelet guy. So, all right. I, I'm sorry to interrupt. Anyway, so I, I, I picked the Citizen. It came on a leather bracelet. That was Do you have a model like, number on that? Uh, it's the AW1360-12H. That's a mouthful. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and... I loved it. I tried it on. I bought it. Uh, it's really comfortable. The bracelet that, or the the leather strap that it came with, after two years of hard wear, shows minimal wear on it. I have it on actually a NATO that you made now, a leather NATO that leather NATO that you made, uh, which I like more. Uh, it's just a little bit lighter weight. Uh, and the only complaint I have about it is that it, it's just a little bit big. I'm not a big frame guy. I mean, I'm, I'm five foot nine and. Little, little petite bird bones in me. Um, yeah, well you. But we have the same, same size wrist, right. which is which you're is weird. The, um, but yeah, I. Um, it wears just a little big, and and like we talked about earlier, I sell beer, so I spend a lot of time in coolers. So I'm always wearing a jacket, and that actually turned out to be a nice touch. Was that it can stand up to my jacket? It doesn't just get buried or disappear, and I'm not constantly fumbling with pulling my sleeve up. So it's nice. It actually I can kind of wear it in that like an aviator fashion of being able to see my watch uh the visibility is great on it the illumination is really great on it um and it's it's i mean i've never had to charge it i i don't know it's like a four-day battery life reserve in there so is any even it even charges under um under light bulb light so it doesn't have to be natural light it takes longer to charge but in the entire three four years that i've had it i've it's never gone dead. It's never even gone to the five second for every second. Cause one of the battery reserve measures is that it reduces, like it, it reduces its effort by when the battery is at like 20%, it goes to like a one to three seconds. So for every one second, it moves for every three seconds, it moves once. So it, it, it's, it, it stutters it's, a little yeah, bit. It's a little bit stuttery, but that's by design. Do, um, does it have uh, you know, the Seiko, the B the kinetic, um, Seiko, the BFK at least, I don't know all, all Seikos, but it has a, a function where you can push a button and it'll give you a a power reserve. If it moves 30 seconds... Nope, there's no no power reserve function. It just 
the only indicator on its on its battery on its energy reserve is it's not a battery reserve energy reserve yeah is it a capacitor i don't know i, I don't know how it stores energy the only indicator is uh is that second hand um, and you can see now it's just ticking away um and so you're into the you're into the uh quartz you know the, the i'm down with them drive. yeah I, I like the eco drive uh i've been i've been looking at another eco drive the uh um the defender yeah that orient defender yeah the orient yeah. defender is uh is another solar power and i've been looking at that that's kind of on my horizon for in the near future um but i'm i'm good with it i'm not uh this is a big watch it, yeah it and that's that's the only it's it wears even bigger than its 45 45 millimeter case because it's also tall and it's really <laughs> flat it's like there's no i mean the lugs barely break the plane they're like a millimeter off of the off of the bottom at their at their lowest point i mean it's a flat big watch and it's comfortable it's super comfortable but it's but it's big and it's an aviator watch it's supposed to be big right I mean, the that's old the, aviators yeah, are like I mean, 50 yeah plus. like What's it's that? it's like elbow to elbow to forearm the or, iwc big crown i think yeah. it's like i don't know 48 or is it bigger than that it's know. big but, uh and but that's the, so the that's quite yeah they're yeah. huge they're they're the size of a of like a of a latka well, and it's got, uh, it's interesting, it's got this, um, you, you know, most watches are either sort of straight up and down from the bottom, but this actually, it, it actually comes, it, it gets bigger as you go up, up the watch, dot, the, the watch, yeah. right, the, the side sort of slope yeah. uh, out oh, yeah. as it gets higher, which is, which is interesting. Uh, but definitely a cool watch. I mean, I, I I wore it exclusively for a long time until we started talking about watches, and um, you were kind of my my uh, catalyst to looking more deeply into watches. And you introduced me to automatic watches and to mechanical watches, and then we started talking about this project, and we and that's really where it it pushed me over the edge from always having a fascination of watches and knowing that watches were important to recognizing that there's more to watches than fossil. Uh, so that was, I mean, you were kind of my, my stepping off point. Um, and I mean, still to this day, one of my, my, uh, my bucket list watches is, um, uh, shoot, what's the brand out of Detroit? Um, we were just talking about Shinola. Them. Yeah. Shinola. Uh, so I found them, I forget even where I saw them first. It was probably Uncrate or something like that. Sure. Um, I saw Shinola watches and I saw, um, I liked them. I mean, they're, they're cool designs. I liked the American made part. And that was kind of what I, what I, American, quote unquote, American made. Yeah. I mean, there's a a controversy there. I don't know enough about it. But I mean, that was that their whole, their whole marketing thing is behind that, like American made cool watches. And I, when I saw them, I was like, Oh, these are, these are really cool watches, but what's the difference between that and a fossil or a citizen or, um, any other dozen watch brands out there uh and they're still on the bucket list especially with now having just released not released an automatic diver um which i know you said you weren't like that big of a fan of but i'm uh, well this they're, I, just, they're just they're i i think there's a dozen watches i'm ready to buy before i'm ready to buy one of those but i'm totally the a fan of it so so j- not to not to stop you but they've no, got their yeah. sort of great lakes i think they're great lakes yeah they're all great lakes uh model of or or models of of automatic diver i think they're awesome i i I actually think they look great uh i think they are good sizes they've got this killer you know they're sort of it's not in-house but they're proprietary movement um which uh you know is just a movement that they've sort of adopted Uh, which is going to be a super cool movement uh when it comes out but or when it's really in the mainstream but or I suspect it is, but they're they're so expensive for I what know, they are, which is why I say there's twelve watches I'm going to buy before, right before I buy those. Anyway, how, how much how much are they? What's the what's I the? I think the one I showed you was like twenty five hundred bucks. Jesus, I, I mean that's not a lot of money in the in the grand in this, scheme of things. No, but there's twelve watches that I'd like to buy that are under a thousand before I even start breaking into the. Um, I'm looking for it. Hold on. No. Just look up Shinola. Oh, yeah, you, you can't even. <laughs> I know I'm terrible at everything. So anyway, that was my jumping off point to watches, and since then I've got uh, you introduced me to the Vostok, and since then I've got the Vostok Commander Ski. I've you know I've got the SNK. I've got um, 
the Mako Diver. And I've got a couple more on the horizon that I'm just kind of broadening that horizon out to, recognizing the, the unique pieces and technology and features of each of these watches that before I didn't... Um, Honestly, I just didn't invest the effort uh, into it because I didn't I didn't recognize the nuances uh, or diversity that was out there in the watch world. So that was really my journey into watches, and it all began with the Citizen Aviator that I still pre- still wear pretty regularly. Because man, this thing is durable. I I've yeah. been selling beer for two years, which means that I reach into shelving and crash it into metal all the time, and you can see a little bit of little bit of wear but not bad though uh no I, I think my favorite part about this watch the is the crown it's not a screw down crown um but it's it, it's a free turning crown but it is a monster oh it's it, huge what is that it's, i mean that's it's, gotta be it, it's six seven millimeters yeah easy it's disproportionately large to the already large watch <laughs> <laughs> right so so the, this is the lake erie monster the chanel lake erie monster uh it's discontinued so i think they've got like newer newer versions of this but 2250 uh for but it looks so good it, it looks good but does it look better than anything else i mean does it look better than a uh you know an nth or um you, no, you know but i i i like that back case that back case right. is it's got a sea monster on the back is, is there are there monsters are there like uh not from i've never even been to the great lakes i'm not so this it's it's a super cool it's a super cool watch. I, I I wish that I'm also excited they're coming out with automatics because I think just going with the quartz movement in that price range has I don't know. And so these I, I are like the could... these are the R150 movements, which are the the Ronda mm-hmm. the Ronda automatic movements that are not that haven't hit the general consciousness. But you know Ronda's a, a fantastic maker of quartz movements. They don't have um well i i don't know I, I don't know what their experience in automatics movements are but i know there's a lot of excitement about this r150 movement but shit if it's going to be you, you know the, if it's going to be in watches that are comparing with you, you know these these high-end swiss watches you know ronda's obviously a fantastic old mm-hmm. swiss quality company but i'm thinking you know you, you've got Miyota nine series uh movements or or Seiko you know NH35 or even Eta movements I mean are coming in 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 watches that are selling between you know five hundred and a thousand dollars so I I don't know that we know how much this movement's going to cost and I, and I think people are really excited about it but if they're positioning themselves above you know mm-hmm. At a twenty eight hundred and uh, and and that far above NH thirty five, so I think they're going to have a hard time. But I, I don't. What do I? Know? I don't know anything about it. So, I mean, I'll still buy one eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I don't know. I'm sure you can get these things used for for closer to a thousand. Well, I'm not sure, but I guess I would guess. I definitely never even thought about the used market for them. I only ever went to their website. Okay, so all that being said, um, what are a couple watches for you on the horizon? What are you looking at? What are you, what are your, what are the watches you're watching? Yeah, so I don't know if I'm actually um, watching. I don't know if I'm actually watching it, anything per se to to buy. You know how it goes, right? I, I think oh, I want that, but then am I going to actually buy it? There's there's a yeah no, no. <laughs> we can we can forget about the uh, what's that paddock you're looking at? Right, right. yeah, because you're watching <laughs> that. You're, you're probably looking at it once a day. Uh, uh, one watch actually that popped up in my in my consciousness this week is Laurier Laurier watches, um, which has oh yeah you sent me them. They're fantastic Neptune diver watches. Is doing um a, a re release of the Neptune. They're calling it the Neptune Series Two. So the the Laurier Neptune fantastic uh, micro brand dive watch, thirty nine millimeter um case which is actually pretty small for a dive watch yeah the thing about the neptune that i never actually loved is the the bezel and uh the the proportion of the case size to the diver seemed or to the dial seemed off to me uh sort of a too too much too much bezel not enough not enough dial well so they they're re-releasing the neptune series 2 which has fixed exactly that problem they're 
uh, it's, it's just got a bigger dial, so the proportions are, are a lot better. I don't know when these are set to come out. I think it's happening pretty soon. Um, it's a, again, 39 millimeter dive watch, really a sort of classically styled dive watch. 12 millimeters thick. It's an NH35 Seiko mm -hmm. movement, so hacking, hand winding. 20 millimeter band size, which again, that's... yeah. Any watch with the 20 millimeter band is is on my radar. Uh, 120 click, unidirectional, all the, all the dive stuff. It's got an oyster style bracelet, but it it's got this a great taper. So it tapers from four uh, from 20 to 16, so a four millimeter Ooh. taper, which in, in I think that's just about perfect. Um, I I love a really well tapered dive watch. And in fact, I've got a, a super engineer, a strap code super engineer bracelet that doesn't taper at all. And I hate it. It's a $70 hunk of metal that sits in my closet that I'll never wear. I should probably sell it. But I just hate it. I love a really mm -hmm. nice taper on a on a bracelet. They've got, um, the, the Neptune has an acrylic, um, an acrylic crystal, which I, some people don't like. You know, that Emperor Diver that that the, the F-71 Project Watch is a sapphire, a domed sapphire, but but the the Laurier has a more classic um, acrylic, or it says plexiglass. I don't know if there's a difference between plexiglass or acrylic, but it's a, a soft plastic crystal. Um, anyway, just, just a really phenomenal watch. And so the, the, the cool thing is, as they're coming out with this, uh neptune they're also re releasing some other models and, and i think all of the models use the same case there's another dive watch that has um a bezel without numerical markings it's got markings but no numbers on it and i think the idea is you could use it as a a 12 hour uh 12 hour sort of dual time or you could use it as a minute timer eh. you can I mean, any any <laughs> any bezel you can use as a timer. So right. So, but it's cool. I mean, a cool aesthetic. It's. I, I mean, I, I like that aesthetic. I like the diversity in bezels. So. Oh, I I love a twelve hour. I, I I actually wish they would just have made it a twelve hour because I I love a a twelve hour dual timer. But, um, the the cool one. So they're releasing a, a model called the Falcon, um, which is as far as I can tell, same exact case same dimensions 39 by 12 by 20 um, but instead of having a rotating dive bezel it's got a fixed steel brushed or or maybe uh, blasted bezel they're calling it their dress tool watch which I, I think is super cool uh, the dimensions are perfect for that type of watch um, and, and the dress tool watch I think at, at least for me and I think probably for you as well is this great, uh, th this this great sort of underutilized mode of watches? You know, everybody wants to either have a dress watch or they want to have a, a sort of beefy dive watch. The middle ground that exp the explorers and the and the sards, you know, these dress tool watches are are awesome. So it's a it's a thirty nine millimeter brushed or you know I I don't know. I hope they do like a radial brush. Oh, that'd be cool. I'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it looks like a tapered bezel. I kind of wish they they brought it up, made it flat, like sort of uh, Royal Oak or, or Nautilus style. But it, it looks like it's going to be tapered. But it's 200 millimeters, screw down crown, just a no shit, fully specced dive watch. Um, but, but that has this really sort of everyday aesthetic. Honeycomb dial, super cool honeycomb dial. The only thing that I'm not super sure about is it looks to me like all the different colorways, and they've got a green and maybe a red, I don't know, a bunch of different colorways. They It looks to me like they're all gilt handsets. And I, I don't know what I think about that. I, I wish they had a more traditional steel handset. Maybe they will. Yeah, I, I'm interested by the dress tool. I think that's I think that's a good middle ground for people. I, I mean, I, so for, especially for somebody who's not looking to buy a handful of watches somebody who's trying to just get a single purpose watch i mean me as i'm as i'm getting into the watch right i'm thinking about someone like me who's like well i know i need a watch but what the hell am i supposed to get something like that 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 crosses all the boundaries it's a truly a functional watch um it looks good and you can wear it basically whenever and then when you bang it into things you don't break down in tears 
Right. Um, and that's, I mean, that's kind of what got me out of it. But is the guilt maybe. hands that yeah. a turn off if you're looking for an everyday? It could be. I don't know. I I haven't seen the. I I don't recall the seeing the renderings of it or even maybe the prototypes. But it Let's... it could be a. Let's pull it up. It could be a bit of a turnoff. And while you're doing that, I'll talk about what I what I've got on the horizon. So the uh, the Orient Neo seventies. Earlier, I said that it was the Defender, and it's not the Defender. I think the Defender is one of the one of the um, one with the subdial. But the the Neo seventies is another Eco Drive from the Orient or solar powered or whatever because of Eco Drive Citizen. But it's a solar powered Panda. And the first time I saw it, I was like, Ooh, Ooh, I need you. Um, and I I showed you a picture of it, didn't I? Yeah, no, I've seen. Yeah, it. you've That's seen the you know, same you know the watch, watch that Casimir's a yeah. uh, war yeah. for and his. It, yeah. yeah, and they He's look got great. The, his Christmas chrono. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which super super <clears throat> cool watch, uh, but same, I think probably same or very similar oyster. Yeah, bracelet. Uh, but that that watch is going to be super. You you'll be able to wear it on. It's the same bracelet. Any I'm pretty bracelet sure. Strat. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put it on a NATO. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. the, the bracelet will probably never get worn, but but I like them. And the deep blue, uh, just being that we're talking about watches, kind of in that in that segment, the the Mako, the SKX. I think adding a deep blue to the conversation will be beneficial because I I like them. I think they they're they look cool. They're a little bit bigger than the SKX, and that's something that kind of gives me a little bit of hesitation because I don't like watches that wear big a big watch is fine but when it feels big and there's a different like in the way it contours a little bit like the aviator feels big the skx does not and you're thinking the deep blue the the nato diver yeah yeah the the one it's 250 bucks it comes on and i think for the for the bracelet it costs like 30 extra bucks it's like an homage to the skx that winds up being significantly better in every respect and costing more yeah <laughs> right <laughs> so i'm gonna give it a try and we'll we'll see how it works out so between the the neo 70s and the uh and the deep blue those are kind of my two on the horizon and obviously i have you know my um someday watches i started looking at the strella chronographs mm-hmm. and they're just <sighs> i found one on ebay that had it was it was obviously like, like 30 years old so there was like patina even the even the dial was kind of starting to like wear from being in this like from just light exposure tropical yeah oh man but that uh yeah that one that's a hard sell to make to the wife how much Um, what what are your what are your entry points for they're in they're a thousand plus which is in the way of like a watch like that isn't that bad but i i think that one was like 1300 dollars used and again like we talked about earlier there's a dozen watches that i can find for under 300 that i also want once i exhaust that list then we'll start then we'll start there sure sure you know that we we've you and i have talked about the deep blue diver uh quite a bit i think you're sold i'm sort of uh i'll get it i'll take that one for the team i'm sorry i'm sort of negative You, you know uh i'm not negative about the watch itself you know i think that the deep blue diver winds up doing a lot of the things that everybody wants Seiko to do with the SKX. Yeah. The, the problem is, well, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, I think it's Sapphire Crystal. It's a NH35, so a hacking, hand-winding movement. All these things that every watch that gets sold today has. You know, the Seiko SKX is sort of uh, a, a throwback in terms of its its features. So it's really a modern, a modern iteration. Mm-hmm. It, the problem is, if Seiko did it, It'd be a thousand bucks, you know, or eight hundred yeah. bucks, um, and, and they're selling it at a really competitive price point. Yeah, I mean, they're always they're. It's a it's a touch bigger, it's, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's just a couple millimeters bigger. Forty four versus yeah, forty two. I think something like that. It was just a couple millimeters bigger, but it's it's two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, uh, no no bracelet option. Is that right? Uh, so I'm looking at it. Um, it comes on the America NATO for. 249 but with a um with the bracelet is 332 three 332 332 with a bracelet yeah the bracelet adds 83 bucks what kind of bracelet um so they've got like a chain mail bracelet they've got they got two in that version and then one one three piece one clamshell so um I don't know. That looks like a comfortable bracelet. What do you what do you, what do you call that? That's a 
<laughs> what do they call that kind of? You, you guys know like what I'm mail. talking about. Uh, Both of them do. I hate those. I don't like the way they look. I probably. I'm sure they're comfortable. It's probably super comfortable. Ah, I hate it. This... I'm okay with it. I might hate it when I see it, but it... what's the what's the other more standard bracelet option? Uh, it's an oyster or something. Yeah, just the oyster three piece. I don't. It's probably not an actual three piece at that price, but it's. They also have the. Uh, they have a leather option. And uh, it's, I feel like a watch that big is just gonna eat leather alive. I know you've got your uh, citizen, your citizen aviator on a on leather. It's also got the rubber. I, I'm I'm sort of into rubber rubber bands. I bought two rubber bands in the last couple you of have, weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I bought the both the watch gecko or the Gekota. I can't never remember. It's the same company. One of them's their shop, and one of them's their. Uh, brand but i watched i bought their uh sort of classically styled tropic strap mm-hmm. which is phenomenal i also bought a barton bands silicone their elite silicone oh i saw strap. that you had the uh what'd you have on that I, you well, sent me a picture I put, of it so I, I picked it up because i knew i was going to get this prototype for the emperor diver and i wanted to have something um I wanted to have something to wear that on some alternative. And I know I've got one of these. So to be very clear, I've got a prototype now, but I've got one of these coming, I think, in the next couple of months. We're going to have them. Um, but I was thinking I want to have a rubber sort of yeah. change it up strap for it. But I'm actually thinking right now I might put it on my Sarb because um, it's blue. It's like a two-toned yeah. blue. Uh, I've got the white the white Sarb, uh, the 035. I think it's going to look really sick on it. You know, that Sarb has the same feel as the Laurier Falcon that we were talking about, where it's a, it's it's dressy, but it's got a, a tool vibe to it. The hands you know? on the Sarb are so sick. I yeah. love those hands. Yeah, the loomed hands, they've got that great sort of uh, bevel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that watch, super underrated. I, I, I hope Seiko comes up with an alternative to that, you know they're because they're they're they've gone up in price since seiko discontinued that uh i think i picked mine up for probably 320 uh and i you're hard pressed to find them for much less than 500 i know i've been looking (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah yeah so i picked up that that barton elite silicone for for the emperor diver but i think i might in the interim wear it on my sarb so yeah rubber straps have been kind of on my horizon i think that'd look good i'd be into it yeah Put it on there. Maybe I'll poke, poke, take, poke it on there this week and take some pictures and put them on Instagram or something. I might just leave with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, the only other watch I've been, I've been looking at, and and I'm not even sure it's a, it, it's a, a watch per se. Well, it is a watch, but uh, not, not, not a model that that I expected to find. So I watched a movie, a, a new Joaquin Phoenix movie, uh, recently called "You Were Never Really Here." I never even heard of that. So it's a newish movie. I'd never heard of it either. I saw it on Netflix or Amazon, one of the two. Um, I can never remember. Like, was that the documentary he made after his like performance art? <laughs> no, it is not the doc. That's a hilarious movie. No, it's a it's sort of a uh, like John Wick style. He plays like a contract killer or an assassin or something, a former Marine, and uh, he's just this sort of like you know maybe borderline mentally ill contract killer uh yeah. super badass um but but less less uh like kung fu badass than john wick more kung just fu, i think is actually what john wick is called gun gun fu, fu. <laughs> yeah. more just like kind of scary and fearless and uh it, it's actually a really good movie kind of reminded me a little bit of taxi driver um in, in terms of the content and I, I saw some other comparisons online but he's wearing this military watch uh throughout the movie and it's you can tell it's kind of a small really classically styled military watch so i did what you do and you know right you go on like the watch like what did he wear in this movie and <laughs> right, they have right. there's like whole websites dedicated to like what watches have been featured in tv shows and movies or, and, or actors or yeah that's right, yeah, pretty much exactly that. And so found a couple, I think I found a watch you see thread and a Reddit thread, but um, I don't know that this is the watch he's wearing, but in fact, I think he's wearing a slightly different watch, but I, got, I found this website that I'd never been on, and maybe you've heard, but it's called Sportsman's Guide, sportmanguide.com. Actually, as I sit here, I don't know if that's right or not. It's either Sportman Guide or Sportman's Guide. 
com, and they sell military surplus and sort of hunting stuff. But they sell uh, a couple of lines of military watches, sort of unbranded. I think the brand is U.S. Guide, but they're... I'm intrigued. <laughs> they are insanely cheap. So I'm pretty sure that the one that's closest to what Joaquin Phoenix is wearing is this like classic Vietnam style stainless steel military watch. 30 bucks, 29.99 on the website. 19 millimeter lugs according to one of the comments in the FAQ. Um, but just this super classic. It says quote unquote Japanese quartz, so I don't know, it's probably a Hattori or uh Miyota, some sort of super cheap Japanese quartz module. I think it's super uh it's sportsman's or sportman's guys. Sportman's? Yeah, I'm on it right now. That's that's just like you. You're a sportman's. Yeah. Multiple. Uh, Japanese quartz. I mean, it, it, it's this really uh, kind of generic, but for thirty bucks, I think I'm gonna probably take a, a flyer on one, and see see what it is. The uh, it, it, I was intrigued watching him wear this watch. I thought it's a cool looking watch. Um, <laughs> you know, thirty bucks. It comes with two straps. To comment on how cheap they are, they're. I mean, the first one I searched a watch on their website. Uh, the first hit is two military military style army watches two pack one black one olive drab non-member 1999 right and those are the plastic ones right probably I yeah so they've got i up. think they've got a plastic version and a, and a steel version uh pretty pretty cool so uh yeah that's what i've been looking at Damn, some funny watch there are a lot of pocket watches on here which are but they're not even real pocket watches they're just on like snap links and, and to be clear or, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure for 30 bucks you're getting a terrible watch and they, oh, they yeah. have some weird brands too you know what uh, they're, they're obviously not a watch place I, I saw at one point the measurements were like someone's like how big is this watch and they're like oh it's such and such inches by so, you know, like they, they're not selling watches they don't they don't know uh how to sell watches necessarily they're just they just found these things and they're selling but yeah uh, i found it intriguing i'll probably pick one up they're actually pretty cool i'll report back. the case like wraps around the crown a little bit i kind of actually the strap is even kind of cool just like a u.s stamp on the dial right, you, you, u.s I, guide yeah so, so there's a, a u these i think are brand u.s guide there's also a brand called u.s time and i think that u.s time are slightly more expensive i don't know anything about either of these brands maybe we'll try to figure it out but uh, yeah so as far as watches you have anything else you're you're looking at moving forward i mean besides all the hundred billion watches that you want to buy no no i do have a one of the custom vostok amphibias in my oh, yeah. cart at am diver <laughs> with the orange scuba dude i've got i've got watches and carts oh everywhere <laughs> everywhere i must have a dozen in my in my amazon cart that or it can be a cart wish list because if I accidentally check out and I've been drinking, then suddenly I've got a bunch of watches. But I think they must be on the wish list. So is that actually happening? You buying that? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get that. The orange scuba dude. The uh, I settle on the the orange bezel. I think it's gonna look really cool. Huh. Yeah, get it on a bracelet. We'll we'll see how it turns out. I I wore yours for like a week and a half. You're um, getting it on a bracelet, like a Vostok bracelet. Yeah, I've heard bad things. Okay, so I put it on a NATO. I'm mean, the yeah, worst. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it costs more. That's the thing right. about the AM diver is that. If if the if the bracelet costs more, I would not be buying a bracelet. Right. And I get it on one of their their NATOs when I when I bought my Vostok. I bought it also from AM Diver. I got it on one of their NATOs, and the NATO kind of sucks. It, it's not terrible, but it's not my no, favorite. But if NATO. so, if the bracelet turns out to suck, the bracelet sucks. Yeah. I didn't pay any more for it. Right. And I have plenty. I have a have a pile of NATOs. Right. <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not worrying here about the about the bracelet that's going on too, the strap that's going on too. So I think the the last segment we have sort of not not watch things. We're going to yeah. try to spend some time, I think, every week on on not watch things that we're we're into. Um, you had some cool stuff. What, what what are the not watch things that have caught your attention? Oh, so the not week? watch things is obviously um, well, YouTube can everyone's gone down a YouTube rabbit hole and then looked up at the clock and been many hours later or gone home from work after having accomplished nothing and hot ones uh mm. i can't remember the guy's name i watched way too much of it sean evans yeah yeah so hot ones with sean evans by uh first we feast has um which is i think a complex a complex magazine brand yeah they it has been um 
I don't know, the bulk of my day. Right. Uh, <laughs> if we're if we're gonna break, if we're gonna pie chart the hours in my day, uh, hot ones takes up probably more than sleep at this point, um, and it's awesome because who doesn't like watching videos of celebrities trying to eat through super spicy hot wings? Uh, so, so if you haven't watched if you haven't watched hot ones, it's a yeah. it's a uh, interview segment sean evans brings these celebrities on i mean whether it be like actors or recording artists or comedians or just i mean a, a, a really impressive bench of folks coming in agreeing to subject themselves to this and his whole interview format is they sit down with 10 wings varying of of increasingly sp- of of hotness i don't know <laughs> increasing hotness uh so each of the wing sauces go up in scoville so they start with like tapatio or and actually i was surprised at how hot uh tapatio was because i feel like i could drink tapatio right um <laughs> yeah but it's 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 usually like number two or three so i was anyway, surprised the tapatio and tabasco are yeah. they according to hot ones they're the same spicy but i think tabasco is quite a bit spicier. yeah i think i think the vinegar punch in tabasco is what like amps it up but anyway they start at one at like an, i don't know a hundred or a couple hundred scoville units and they go all the way up to one at 10 scoville 10 10 million i think is what the, like the hottest one the last dab the last dab which is horrifying i think but i want to buy some and try it yeah we should we should, uh, we should do, do some hot wings next time and uh we'll just do this while we're eating well, a bunch we'll of the, the last dab podcast anyway so he does it's this it's this <laughs> format where he's interviewing folks uh as they eat these incrementally more and more spicy wings um and it's really interesting to see the way that people <laughs> the way that spiciness like breaks down people's defense mechanisms and by the way sean evans is a beast i've never yeah. seen him react at he, all it, i think he i think that his uh reactions sort of match the guest a lot of times so if the guest is really hurting it seems like he hurts more versus a guest that's super cool i don't know i feel like the more they hurt he the more he like he looks at him and just goes sup <laughs> wait uh, adam carolla was on this week's episode yeah. and it seemed like neither one of them was even eating hot wings you know yeah or alton brown ate it and it was just like this is whatever this and is rachel all- ray was like like drinking yeah and 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 meanwhile uh dj Khaled like just tapped out you played yourself yeah and who who is the guy who started at number 10 oh right Uh, eddie wang yeah eddie eddie wang he start he he, eddie Eddie huang sits down and he he looks down this this like flight board of wings and and he got kind of a crazy look in his eyes (laughs) and he just ate the 10th wing yeah. And then they had their like technical difficulty while he went to the bathroom. He shit himself. He shit right? himself. He yeah, shit himself. he shit himself right there. Uh, so he didn't eat any more wings, but he started at the hottest one. Apparently, that's not the right way to do it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I've been watching a lot of that, and it's a funny interview format. And I think that one of the things that's most interesting to me is that you get to see people's defense mechanism break down. You see like the character that they have in the public eye break down as they're working their way through these hotter and hotter wings because they can't you can't it takes energy to maintain a public persona and when you're focusing all your energy on not dying or not shitting yourself like you come out and it's been a really <laughs> fascinating interview format to see and then the other one that i've been doing a lot of because i drive a lot for work because i've been listening to armchair expert with dax shepherd who's always been somebody that interested me because mm-hmm. he's like he he kind of pops in and out of public view and he's married to like an extremely popular well-known actress and it's always been a disney princess yeah Dis- a disney literally princess. a disney princess and he's always been somebody who i've i've liked everything he's done everything that i've everything he's done that i've seen and i like i i saw that he had a podcast and i was like oh cool because i listen to a lot of podcasts because i drive a lot and he uh, his podcast is killer it's a two-hour format he sits down with like he he his it kind of started off with like his famous friends who are, I mean, he's friends with some pretty famous people. So his, his interview bench is deep. Uh, and then suddenly Kate Kirk we're, shows up. We're famous too though. Yeah. Come on over. We'll just no. talk about what we don't have to talk about watches. If you come over, man, we'll just, you know, we'll just hang out. Uh, Katie Kirk shows up and his interviews are fascinating. And, and one of the coolest parts about, about Dak Shepard in this podcast is that he's like a very, um, he's a very introspective guy. He's a sober guy. And it seems to be that his is like his podcast like borders on self help. They attack like a lot of. He's when you say sober, you mean he doesn't he doesn't drink. 
Yeah, he no, he's a he's he's an AA guy. He's very open about being an oh, AA guy. Me. He's yeah. Um, <laughs> we're not. Um, so it, his his podcast borders on like almost self help because it's like a super introspective tackles social issues, personal issues, in these really really fascinating podcasts with people who you don't get to see that that intimate uh, interaction with, especially because it's with someone who they're friends with. Um, it's been a fascinating podcast. What's I highly recommend it. Armchair expert. And is is it is it theme? Like, is there is there an expert theme to it? Or no. So his whole thing is that because he he considers himself an armchair expert. Uh, that was like where the name of his podcast came from. He's just a dude who perpetuates and puts out these huge ideas with no data, facts, or really any qualification to like opine us. on the topic. Just like us. Okay. I don't. I'm not qualified to opine on anything besides like beer. Um, and even then that's questionable. Um, so anyway, that's where armchair expert came from. I've been listening to a lot of it. It's hilarious. I've, I, when you laugh alone, <laughs> that's, that's a good sign. Right. I frequently look like the crazy person driving down the road. Cause I'm just laughing hysterically in my car driving. Right. Yeah. Highly recommend. Cool. Well, so I've been looking at, so a couple things I was, uh, uh, into this week. And one of these first one B is for build is a YouTube channel. Um, and I've been watching it for quite a while, but B is for build is, uh, a Beaverton, Oregon guy. You know, those, those of you who know us will know we're both. Yeah. For the record, we're both Oregonians. So we're, that's where we're coming from. And both native Oregonians. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both native Oregonians. Andrew's spent some time. Other places. In other places. And I've spent some time here um <laughs> by and large so but b is for build is a fellow his name is chris i don't know what his last name is but he uh has a youtube channel where he gets sort of older or or beat up cars some of them are actually pretty new and and builds them Ooh. in his garage well starting in his garage and i think he's got a shop space now it Wait, still looks like his garage pin my ride kind of thing no well yeah actually um but he's got this sort of build it philosophy uh, instead of in, instead of buying a car, he's gonna build the car he wants. So he's done like an RX7 in the past and cool anyway. uh, some pretty cool cars. But his his most recent build is a uh, is a build that he's doing for SEMA, the big right uh, annual car show. SEMA, I can't remember what SEMA is. It's like special equipment. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he's been building a car. Uh, they they purchased a wrecked BMW M5 V10 uh it's a jumping off point and they have stuffed the bmw m5 drivetrain in a classic Datsun 240z um 240z chassis i I think they rebuilt the chassis but but body so you've got this teeny little car with a huge v10 in it um and this last week they've sort of been preparing for sema when you listen to this i think sema will probably be over uh, Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, so the last few episodes have come out this week. It's been really exciting to see them sort of scramble. He's uh, the the YouTube channel is really just him, but along the way he's picked up. He's got a fellow named Eric who comes in and helps him with welding, and then they picked up a guy named Oscar along the way. You know, these just guys. I I assume he's paying them because they come consistently enough that they must be getting money. Um, anyway, super cool. They're sort of at the conclusion of that build right now. You can go back and watch them all uh i'm intrigued I, i'm writing it down you know and I, i'm not even a car guy right i, I drive either. a 25 year old used lexus and uh but it, it's just it's one of those things that i i love the i love the i'm gonna do it myself aspect of it and and, yeah. and really that's what it is i've got a garage he uses harbor freight tools like uh he's got a harbor freight bandsaw and you know all these harbor freight tools it's really the idea is i'm gonna try to do something that you could do at home uh, and it's not instructional necessarily. It's more and more aspirational. I'm doing it. There's a lot of um, stop motion. What's not stop motion? Um, time time lapse. lapse. Yeah. Um, the Which I appreciate because I'm I'm a uh, serial do-it-yourselfer, and YouTube yeah. has kind of been my um, 11 p.m. on a Sunday. You can't call a plumber. Right. That's how I'm going to solve this. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah I, I'm the same way. I, my, I describe myself as a serial hobbyist. Where I yeah. I, I find a hobby and I do it for a little bit of time and then kind of learn it and then move on to something. And never else. get good at it though, for the record. I also never get good at it. But there's like a, a level of competence where 
uh, there's a level of competence where you, you've gotten to that level and you move on, right? It was like to last, the next like two weeks. It was like two weeks ago when we troubleshot the the 1200 that you got that you have that we could. Oh use. yeah, yeah. The, the the model 12. Yeah, we, the model 12 that you have. Like. I've, so I've got an old uh, model 12. I, my my dad would tell you I have not inherited it yet, but it was my great grandpa's and my grandpa's, and then my, now they're technically my dad's, but they're mine. Uh, anyway, the <laughs> I've got an old winchester model 12 and i i broke it i i don't know much about guns andrew and i are both sort of in a world where where guns are are something we do but i don't know anything about guns and in fact at one time i told andrew i was never going to own a gun but he did meanwhile i i I sort of own all these guns (laughs) and uh i am just going to clean this thing and i wound up breaking it bring andrew over and we just between the two of us between brute force and repetition and just just general curiosity took this thing apart double fucked our way through it (laughs) that's right that's right so same deal the the other thing that i saw this week that i thought was really cool kind of random i read an article about uh asteroids the game atari asteroids on a website called (laughs) arcadeblogger.com when you said something you were gonna talk about asteroids Asteroids. i I thought you were gonna talk about an actual asteroid that was being studied right now not the game (laughs) it's like the steven tyler song the aerosmith song uh so there's a website called arcadeblogger.com i don't really know a lot about the website but they've uh showed up on a a list of sort of best long form articles of the week and it's it wasn't it wasn't purely long form it's sort of in between long form and short form um but about the development of the game Asteroids, which is Atari's best-selling game ever. Super interesting. Um, <clears throat> Arcadeblogger.com, you can look it up. I won't tell you a lot more about it. But, you know, just sort of the the development of this thing, at least for me, that was, you know, just sort of on the very beginning of my consciousness. Um, you know, my, my dad had played it and kind of introduced mm-hmm. me to, him, to it on his Atari game systems that we had in the house. And... Uh, this is just interesting. It's a totally different yeah. world. You know, they developed the first thing they did to make the game was uh, develop the hardware. They didn't. They didn't start with software. They they had to make the they had the to make platform the, for it. Yeah, the computer to to do it, which is cool. Anyway, super interesting article, and that's that's that. Well, I think that wraps up our inaugural rep- inaugural episode. Yeah, I guess so. We're we're yeah we're good on time. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you did join us, uh, we plan to record probably weekends, but I think we're going to post on Thursdays. Uh, this yeah. first episode will come out on a Thursday, and, and our plan is to stay with Thursdays. Uh, we've got another, there's another sort of podcast we both like that comes out earlier in the week. We figure this is a good time, you know, end of the week. I want more, I want more content. So, mm-hmm um yeah other than that join us on thursdays thank you for joining us for this inaugural episode of 40 and 20 uh don't forget to tune back in next thursday for another hour of watches food drinks life and other things we like bye-bye our music today is bumming on tremolo by kevin mcleod of incompetech.com Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License.